Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. So here we are. We're standing on the brink of a new year. Actually, in a, in a few days, we're going to cross over into 2022. Needless to say, 2021 has been a challenging and difficult year, to say the least. All of us are aware of that. We have been restricted through constant lockdowns, many of us, all of us are aware of. We've been bombarded through the media every single day with statistics of death, infections, while many have lost their livelihoods and others have lost their lives. Well, thank God our spiritual family is intact, meaning that no one has lost their lives. Some of us have lost their jobs, but the Lord is faithful and continues to provide for those families. This terrible pandemic has unleashed so much death and fear throughout the entire world like no other in the last hundred years, maybe more. Whole nations have been shaken, causing major damage to their economies, while scientists are battling every day to curb the tide of this disease that seems to spread like wildfire. Our constant conversations when we get together seems to be centered around this terrible pandemic. I wish it wasn't so. And to be honest with you, I am so tired of it. As we stand at the closing of this difficult year, all of us are wondering, what will the next year look like? How long will this continue to be so? And I am sure that all of us wants to see an end to this terrible disease that has caused so much havoc, and disruption to our daily lives. But in reality, we don't really know what awaits us next year. We don't know what's in store for us and what the future holds. But one thing we can be certain of, that according to the Word of God, whatever happens, whatever is in store, in our future, our God will help us face it and through him not only face it, but we will overcome. The Lord Jesus warned us that in the world we will have tribulation. But he also said we are not to fear because he has overcome the world. And if he has overcome and we are in him, we already have overcome the world and all of its challenges. The Word of God declares that the greater one lives within us. And because of it, because Jesus lives within our hearts, we 
have overcome. Not going to, we already have overcome. And the Lord's promises are just as powerful and just as relevant today as in the day he spoke through the prophets. And one of those promises that I have held close to my heart, not just this year, but throughout the years, is found in the book of Isaiah. And I read from Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. This is what the Lord promised. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. What a wonderful promise to, to have and to hold and to meditate on. When God, the creator of heaven and earth, he says, you are mine. I've got you. And even though you will pass through many troubled waters and walk through many rivers, you can be assured that I will be with you and I will bring you through. That's a wonderful promise from our God. No matter what we face, his promise is he will bring us through the waters, through the rivers. And he also says you may walk through fiery trials. And some of us have walked and experienced truly fiery trials this year. But his promise remains the same. He said you will not be burned. We will not go down. The only thing that will burn are the things that the world has attached to us. But the Lord promises us that he will bring us through the, through the fiery trial and bring us to the other side triumphant. The psalmist said it so beautifully. He sums it up all in Psalm 66 and verse 12. He said, we've passed through fire and flood, yet in the end you always bring us out better than when we were before saturated with your goodness. Wow, what a wonderful promise. And throughout the years I've experienced these words of the Lord. That every time I went through a fiery trial, in the end, as I look back, the Lord always brought me out far better than I was before and blessed me with his goodness and with his presence. We have a wonderful Father, folks, a reason to rejoice. Amen? A reason to shout and to rejoice and to be glad regardless of the circumstances that may surround us. So having these precious promises, we can face the future with confidence, with courage, because the word of the Lord says that he will bring us through. Amen? So the message the Lord gave me to bring to you today as we close 2021 has a twofold purpose. 
First, it is to encourage you through the ministry of the Word. It is to prepare you as we exit. And second, to challenge our way of thinking in regards to pursuing our God-given goal with passion and perseverance. And I will share more about this uh, a little later. I have chosen my text today from the epistle that Paul wrote to the Philippians, Philippians in chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. I believe the words of Paul in these verses are most appropriate and relevant in regards to where we stand at this moment of time. Paul writes, and he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching those things and reaching forward, rather, to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. The Passion Translation says in one of these verses, I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. What powerful words the Apostle shares with us here today. Paul opens up and shares with us his innermost desires and his innermost pursuits. In doing so, he says that all who are mature in Christ should have the same desire, the same goal, and the same passion. In his statements, he shares some powerful principles that have helped him to overcome the many trials and challenges he faced in his life and made him to be the kind of person that he was. The reason I'm sharing these statements is so that I can somehow prepare ourselves mentally and spiritually as we are about to cross over into this new year. I want to challenge our thinking today and help us to somehow adopt a Christ-like mindset, a mindset that will enable us to overcome every kind of trial and every challenge we may face in the coming years. Our faith, I believe, and the mental attitude that we adopt will make a huge difference in how we face tough and challenging times, as well as experience whatever we're going to experience in the coming years. You see, our attitude determines a whole lot of things. Amen? And that's why it's so important to adopt a mindset that has been renewed 
by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I believe that the way we leave this turbulent year is the way we're going to enter into the new one. This is a fundamental principle in life because the way you leave a place or a season is the way you enter the next one. You can't leave with a, with a negative mindset and enter the new one with a positive mindset. Amen? You agree with me? That's why we should never leave with regrets, never leave with fear, with anger, with offense, unforgiveness, because these negative attitudes will follow us into the next place we enter. Amen. Ah, as I said this morning, I wish we could have a service on the 31st, but you know when December hits here in Cape Town, everybody just switches off. No church attendance. Today we might have had a handful in church. They are all over the place. They may not leave the city, but they just switch off. I don't understand that, to be honest with you. But all the years that I've been in Cape Town, every December is the same. God gives me a powerful word, and I come to church, and there's only a handful of people to preach into. You know, sometimes it's very disappointing. But anyway, the only way that is acceptable to leave any place, any season, good or bad, is by the word of the Lord that is recorded in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 12. You may want to jot that down and remember it. Whether you leave a season, whether you leave a place, whether you leave a relationship, whether you leave a church, this is the prescribed way to leave. Isaiah 55 verse 12 says, For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. What a way to leave one season. Rejoicing, shouting, leaving with joy, and being led with peace. That is the biblical way, the prescribed way, that we leave one season and enter another, or one place and enter another, or one uh, relationship to move on. We should never leave with regrets, with bitterness, with unforgiveness, with anger. That is not biblical. But the way the Lord wants us to leave is with joy and with peace. So we want to leave this year. This is the last Sunday of 2021. We want to leave it with great joy and much peace in our hearts. Thankful to the Lord that He has preserved us, that He has brought us this far, that He has protected, provided for us, and kept us. Thank God for His mercy and His grace. And also, we have much to rejoice about, folks. Our circumstances may not change. Our physical condition, our financial condition may not change, but we can change our attitude because we have something to celebrate about. Amen? We have just celebrated Christmas. 
Well, what are we really celebrating? What is this celebration all about? All of us know. But have we received the fullness of the revelation of what it means for us? Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus that the birth shall be with a child, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Praise God forevermore. Praise the Lord forevermore. God's entire purpose in sending forth his son to be born of a virgin was so that he could dwell with us and make it possible for mankind to be restored to perfect union and fellowship with him once again, just like before the fall. That was the entire purpose of sending Jesus. And this is what we're really celebrating when we're celebrating the birth of our Savior, God's abiding presence with us and in us. Jesus is no longer in a manger and he's no longer on the cross. Christ lives in us now. He is our hope of glory by the indwelling presence of his Spirit. So, if God is for us and with us, who can be against us, the Bible says. Amen? So with him being with us and in us, we already overcome every trial, every challenge that we may encounter. And the wonderful thing about being a disciple of Christ is that we carry the very presence of God with us. Amen? He goes with us. He walks with us. He talks to us. He comforts us. He counsels us, whatever the situation that we might be facing, because God promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And furthermore, he promised in Isaiah, and he says, no weapon that is formed against you, the believer, will ever succeed or prosper. And that is God's promise to you and I. It may look like it's prospering, but the word of the Lord says it will never prosper, it will never succeed. And Paul names a number of those things or weapons that the enemy throws against us in order to separate us from the very love that God has for us. And in Romans chapter 8, Paul writes, and I'm reading from the Passion, Romans 8 verse 35 through to 39. Do yourself a favor this week. Read these precious promises from God. Read them from all the translations, from the ones that you find more simple. I find that the Passion Translation is really bringing out uh, the full meaning of what Paul wants to say here. This is what he says, among other things. Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? And among other things he says, so now he says in, um, in one of the verses, no, for they are all important to hinder the omnipotent love, even though it is written, 
All day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to the slaughter. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now, I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us, beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. What powerful, what faith-filled words that Paul shares with us here in these verses of Scripture. Nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. We are His and He is ours. So with such promises, meditating, having these promises, we can face the future confidently, joyfully, and have great peace in our hearts. In fact, Romans 13 verse 6 says, the writer says, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Amen. Praise God. What a wonderful promise that God has given us here. One that, that deserves our shout and our praise and, 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 and really thanksgiving to the Lord. I believe that our one and only concern in life should be that we are always found in the place of doing the will of God. That should be our main concern, folks, every single day. Being obedient to the will of God will only strengthen us, will only develop us, both spiritually and emotionally. Jesus said that his food or his strength and sustenance comes from doing the will of him who sent him. And just as Jesus was sent into the world to represent the Father, the Word of God says, even so we are sent into the world to represent Jesus to the world. So the secret of remaining and abiding in God's presence is to constantly obey, constantly submit ourselves to the will of God. You know what our greatest fear should be? Our greatest fear should be the fear of stepping outside of the will of God and doing our own thing by pursuing our carnal and selfish desires. That should be our greatest fear, folks. And this is the reason I believe. Please listen carefully. That we need a stabilizing force a goal, if you will, 
or a godly dream or a vision that will keep us focused, will keep us disciplined, and will keep us steadfast in our pursuit. And Paul had such a goal. His secret of success was to keep moving, he said, forward, keep reaching towards the goal, the goal of the prize or for the prize of the upward call of God on his life. Paul had this passionate desire, and he was always aiming towards it. And I believe every single one of us needs this God-given goal that will keep us from being derailed from our godly purpose. We need this as a spiritual family, striving together with one heart, one mind, one goal. And we also need this in our own personal individual lives. A goal that is much bigger than ourselves one that will stretch us, one that will challenge us, and one that will develop Christ-like character in us. Are you hearing me? Every single one of us should get up in the morning pursuing that, the will of God, the goal or the dream that God has placed in your heart. And it's much bigger than yourself. If you can fulfill it in your own strength, then it's not God who's given it to you. God's dreams are always much bigger than ourselves that will require His ability and His grace to fulfill it and to bring it to completion. Would you say amen to that? Amen. Do we have such a goal? Have we realized our goal in life, or are we still searching for it? I recall in the years that God had called me, many years in Zimbabwe, into the ministry of the evangelist. He gave me this passionate desire to reach the Greek communities in the entire world. And it was, it was such a passion, such a dream, that often drove me onto my knees with prayer and fasting and many times with tears, crying out to the Lord, here am I, Lord, send me. And from a little town in Zimbabwe, Masvingo, this dream, this, this God-given goal took me all over the world, preaching the gospel to the Greek community. We went from Masvingo to all the cities in Zimbabwe, in South Africa, in Greece, Cyprus, the United States, Canada, all over the world, establishing ministry offices that would send the Tate ministry all over the Greek communities. What a joy, what a ride it has been. When I remember it, it just brings so much joy to my heart. Well, we need such a goal in life that will keep us focused and steadfast, that, that will empower us to pursue something that is much bigger than ourselves. You see here, Paul, because he had this burning desire, this God-given goal, nothing was too much or too dear for Paul to sacrifice for that pursuit. He wasn't stuck in the past. 
the dream that he had wouldn't let him. And he wasn't trying to find a comfortable place where he can camp and take a rest. He said, I press, I press towards the goal. To press toward means that he was encountering opposition and resistance in trying to reach his goal. Amen? Otherwise, why would he press? He was facing resistance. He was facing opposition, sometimes from every side. And so it is with us. Anytime, anywhere, we choose to do the will of God in our lives, we will encounter such opposition and resistance from the evil one. He, you will become a target for satanic uh, um, uh, attacks. Why? Because he doesn't want you to do the will of God. Just because you and I decided to do something for God and to serve him and to do good, he's not going to lie down. He will come against you with everything that he has. That's why we need to be ready, hands up, ready to fight the good fight of faith, to persevere and to push through the resistance that he may be throwing at us. He will tempt us with thoughts of inadequacy. He will come with fear, intimidation. He'll tell you, you know, you're crazy. What will people say when they see you do this or do that? He will even use well-meaning people in order to stop us or thwart us from our purpose. And let me say this. The abiding presence of the Lord within us in the power of the Holy Spirit is not just for us to overcome the challenges we face, but most importantly, to help us fulfill our God-given purpose, to complete the work that is given us to do. It is to finish the race strong. It is to keep the faith, complete the work. Are you listening to me? You know, God is not going to dream something now and drop it on you. He has already given us such a goal if we could only receive it and are open to it. Well, pastor, I don't know what my goal is. Well, that's not, that's not God's fault. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he underlines the goal for every born-again believer. Listen to what he says. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Is that simple enough? God recreated us in Christ Jesus through the new birth, for the purpose of good works, which he, the Bible says, prepared beforehand for us that we should walk in them. Your works have already been prepared before you got here, before you were born. You see, there was something, there was an intention, a purpose in God's mind he wanted something to accomplish on this earth, and that's why he gave birth to you and brought you here so that you can fulfill that thing that God intended for you to do. 
You're not here by accident. God has uniquely planned your life, your family, the nation that you will be born into, and he has already planned every detail about your life before you got here. He said to Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you. While you were yet in your mother's womb, I sanctified you. I have called and purposed for you to be a prophet to the nations. Wow. I believe that the greatest, the greatest blessing and revelation that we can receive after the new birth is to find out who we are in Christ and what God designed us to do here on earth and apply ourselves with all our might. So our goal in life, this goal that Paul was talking about, that he was reaching forward, that he was pressing through, this goal was to finish the work he has ordained for him. And so our goal in life, our pursuit, our passion, is to finish the work which he has ordained and prepared for us to do. In doing so, the Word of God says we will bring great honor, great glory to our Heavenly Father and attract many others to His saving grace and mercy. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5? Let your light so shine before men that they may see what? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. That's why we're here. Paul, at the end of his life, knowing that he has completed the work the Lord ordained and prepared for him to do, he said this wonderful, faith-filled, powerful words. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You've heard the saying, it's not how you start the race that counts. It's how you finish it. Amen. And many have not finished strong. They've been derailed. They fell into sin and disrepute. They destroyed their testimony. What happened? They lost the vision. They lost the purpose. And they've been derailed. The Passion Translation says, I have fought an excellent fight. I have finished my full course with all my might, and I have kept my heart full of faith. What a way to finish our life here on earth. Amen. And I believe if you walk close to God, you will know when your work is completed. You will know. But let me say something. When you have this passion, this goal that is driving you, no sickness can touch you, no death can harm you. They will flee before you because you have this God-given dream and you are pursuing that with all your might. Our Lord Jesus Christ said the same thing to his Father just before he went to the cross. In John 17 verse 4, he said to the Father, Talking to him, he said, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. 
How do we bring glory to our Heavenly Father? By completing the work He's given us to do, folks. And so Paul's goal in life was to finish his race, complete the work that the Lord assigned him to do. Jesus, our Lord Jesus' goal was the same. Finish the assignment, finish the work, and finish strong in the faith. Not weak, not struggling, not limping towards the, 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 line, the finish line, but finishing strong in the power of his Spirit. And so as we, as we come to the end of this season and we are about to cross over, this is my prayer for each one of us, for our spiritual family, for each one of us individually, to complete our God-given work which the Father has prepared for us. Finish well. So when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day to receive our reward, we can hear the Lord say, Well done, you good and faithful servant. You have completed the work I've given you to do. Enter now into the joy of your Lord. Wouldn't you like to hear those words? I recall at the end of the seven-year period, while being in the ministry of the evangelist, and it was coming to a close, and God called us from Zimbabwe to South Africa, I was walking up the stairs in our house at the close of that season of being an evangelist and in my heart I heard the Lord say these words to me. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in the least. Now I'm going to promote you into greater responsibility. And that was when he transitioned me from the ministry of the evangelist into the ministry of a shepherd or the pastor. What wonderful words to hear from the Lord. And now in closing, I want to give you my personal belief and conviction as to why good and well-meaning Christians end up falling into sin and destroying their testimony in Christ. And I believe the one single reason is because they're not occupied with the will of God in their lives. They are not passionately pursuing the God-given goal, either because they do not know what it is, or because they rebel against the will of God. Just as in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Unemployment is the number one cause of violence, theft, and killings in South Africa. That's the number one cause. We have over 40% of unemployment in this country. And I believe it's the number one cause of all the murders, the violence, the theft that is going on in our country. And I also believe it is my firm conviction that spiritual unemployment is also the number one cause of believers falling into mischief. Because they're not engaging God in fulfilling the purpose, they are easily sidetracked into many foolish and harmful lusts. And let me give you an example, and then we'll close and pray. David, King David, 
he was supposed to be in the front line of his troops fighting battles for God. But what did he do? He decided to stay home and take a vacation. You know, there's no such a thing as a vacation in the spiritual. And while in his palace, vacating or taking a break and putting his feet up, he looked out the window and he saw Mrs. B bathing. You know who Mrs. B is? Bathsheba. And you know the story. You know what happened? The terrible consequences that came as a result of his sin, his adultery, and, uh, and, the, and, and the murder that he committed by killing her husband, sending him to the front line. David wasn't supposed to be in the palace at that time. He was supposed to be commanding his troops in battle. He was out of place. He was out of God's will. And the result was disastrous. Are you listening to me? My beloved, let us learn these valuable lessons for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of our loved ones, and for the sake of our testimony in Christ. As the new year approaches, let us set our mind to focus on the mission at hand and on the works the good works that God prepared beforehand for us that we should complete. Forgetting the past, fastening our hearts to the future, let us run the race, let us press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And these are my heartfelt words for each one of us, for our spiritual family, that we strive towards fulfilling the will of God for our lives. Amen? Do those good works. Do those good works that God ordained for you. And next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching part two and give you details and understanding what those good works are. Amen? hopefully to give you understanding and revelation what God calls good works. Amen? So don't miss next Sunday. And don't tell me you're going to hear the recording. It's not the same. <laughs> Are we ready to pray? Let's raise our hands to the Father and thank Him. Thank Him for His Word. Thank Him for His exceeding great and precious promises. Praise Him. Thank Him for His provision, for His preservation. Thank Him for bringing us this far. But Lord, our greatest desire is for You to infuse us with such passion, with such desire that will burn brightly within us, that will empower us to get on our knees, that will motivate us to reach out and to pray and to cry and to fast and to receive the revelation and the wisdom that we need 
to accomplish the assignments, to complete the work that you've given us to do. We're not here, Lord, for ourselves, nor for our pleasure. We here as the servants of the Lord who have been assigned to represent our Lord Jesus through the good works that you have ordained and prepared beforehand for each one of us to do. May you give us the revelation and the wisdom and the grace, Father, to run the race and run it strong for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.